Hi guys, welcome back to On She Goes the podcast. I am Sarita, yay, um, and we have Farron with us. Hello, and Becca, hey, and a special guest, my mom. Hello, hey. Sabrina Ooh. Price Powell. <laughs> <laughs> She's wonderful, and it's her birthday. Happy yes, birthday! Thank you. Yay, Thank birthday. you. Woohoo! So today we're going to talk about work travel. Um, I have a belief. Just from my own uh, hypothesis of being an intelligent woman, that um, I think there is a little bit of a disparity when it comes to work travel for people of color. Nowadays, everybody is starting to have jobs that do require more and more work travel. And travel is becoming a thing that is like, as soon as you go to the interview, do you mind traveling? How do you feel about work travel? We're going to talk about um, ways to make the best of your business travel, um, to make it work for you. We're also going to talk about uh, the differences between business travel now, maybe business travel then. Um, I've had now two different kinds of jobs where I've had to travel for business, business and they're both vastly different. Mm -hmm. um, and then my mother's going to talk to us a little bit about a work-life balance when it comes to traveling with families, since none of us have families. We have families, we just don't have children. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and so, um, also on this episode, we're going to hear from Courtney and Joy Marie of Job Logs. Job Logs is a really awesome podcast that is about career growth, uh, specifically for women of color. Um, so they're going to be on talking about work travel, giving us a little bit of a few tips, things like that. And then also we're going to be talking to my great friend, Gabare Sidibe, um, Oscar-nominated actress. Uh, she is going to talk about her work travel, which honestly, her job kind of keeps her away from her home pretty much on a 24-7 basis to the point where she has to take her cat, Aaron, uh, <laughs> with her when she travels for work uh, because he is a kitten and cannot be alone. And he's also like a personality and a person in her child. So we're going to speak about all of those things. And I hope you guys enjoy. So um, the first thing I want to talk about uh, a little bit is the relationship that you had to work travel. Like, mom, can I start with you? Like, sure. Did you, when you were growing up, did you have uh, parents that traveled for work? My grandparents? No, I did not. However, and I wanted to address this. When you think about, uh, I mean, I'm a child of the, I grew up in the 60s, 70s, okay? Mm -hmm. Lots of times when um, people of color, went to college. They went to college to bring something back to their communities, mm -hmm. okay? And so they became teachers or doctors mm -hmm. and things like that, or lawyers. Mm -hmm. You didn't have a lot of people like studying the arts, even getting into like the marketing and all that other stuff mm -hmm. because you had to go back to your community. Right. Mm -hmm. um, when you're teaching, you're not traveling. No, don't get me wrong. There were a few of us, you know, back then that did all that. Our parents did, but not many of us. Yeah. Okay, so you all came up in an era in which you seen your mothers 
or your fathers have the opportunities in which they were traveling more because they were getting the jobs. I was, I was able to go to school initially for clothing and textiles. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. years ago, that would have never happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so I went to school for a college for clothing and textiles. And then I went into the insurance business after I realized I couldn't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so I had that's how I had the opportunity. You know, you transfer those skills into corporate. You know, you're talking about public sector education mm-hmm. to corporate. So I think that makes the difference. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's why now, you know, many of us can speak on it mm-hmm. more than we did before. So mm-hmm. it's not like it never happened, mm-hmm. you know. Because you had made that statement earlier, and I just wanted to yeah. touch on it. So when you, <laughs> my mom keeping me in check, thank you. Um, when so when you first had to travel for work, were, was it something that was were you nervous about it? What was your relationship like mm-hmm. with it? You know, were other people that worked with you traveling previously? Mm-hmm. Like you know, tell mm-hmm. me a little bit. Well, also I, I I worked in an environment that was predominantly male. Mm-hmm. As time went on, it became more female. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there weren't many people that look like me, right. you know, my color. I mean, I, I, I've i always been one to cross the color line, make mm-hmm. friends, and mm-hmm. hang out with my Caucasoid sisters and brothers and everybody. <laughs> I think. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, I was always that one, you know, go a happy hour. I always had a good time, uh-huh. you know, yeah. so you try to do those things. Uh-huh. Um, but you weren't always selected to do the traveling. But as time went on, I became more experienced in my craft. Mm-hmm. You know, I... I had to go out, so um, it wasn't difficult. My only issue was the family. Yeah. You know, because I had a husband and three kids. Mm -hmm. You know, but one thing I always realized is you want the same pay as a man or you want, you know, the same benefits, then you have to do the same thing as them. Did you ever have to turn down a a business trip? Did you ever have to say, like, I I just can't go because I have X Mm. amount of responsibility at home? No, I never had to. I had a a good husband in that regard. Mm -hmm. You know, he uh, held down the floor. (laughs) I'm sure he would love to hear that. Uh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, and that's... Why did I divorce him? No, No. I know why. I was going to say, that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) We're going to start recording. I know why. One of the, you know, for me, I feel like previously I worked in reality TV. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we would travel, you would, and and people think like, oh, you work for television. I work for like literally. Yeah, like it's glamorous. Oh, you probably get to do. I mean, literally the jankiest travel situations you could possibly think of like sometimes I'd be alone if I was doing a casting Mm -hmm. and so they would you know send me out and this was before like Google Maps so I had like straight up a printout from MapQuest of like every every destination I I had Mm -hmm. to go to like to and from but um they would put us in like a hotel by the airport and like even though you know where we were going was like super inland I still had to stay at this airport hotel even if I didn't fly to the place um (laughs) or you know like our accommodations would be like just not great, not super safe. Um, everything would be really cheap. I mean, per diem, I don't even know if we, I mean, we legally we had per diems. And so they would be like maybe 20 bucks a day or something mm-hmm. like that, Jeez. which is like nothing compared to the astronomical per diem mm-hmm. we get where we are now. And it's just like, but I just felt like there was no regard to safety. Yeah. I mean, now it's different because our company, I mean, if you don't want to travel in luxury, I'm sorry for you because you yeah. don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But that's mostly because we have like hotel partners and stuff like that and, and, and brand partnerships with like airlines. But yeah, can I um, just yeah. add? I remember when um, you 
had graduated from college and you mm -hmm. worked for a company, a well-known TV show. Mm -hmm. And I remember you had to put the money up first to, to oh, travel yeah. to the different mm -hmm. cities that they would go to where artists would perform and mm -hmm. all that other stuff. And I found that very odd. I used to think, wow, they're taking advantage of yeah. you. But now that I look back, I realize that these were, they're kind of like startups also, you know, because all, like, even with... That was not a startup. Well, <laughs> even with, like... <laughs> that was not a startup. Well, when I, say, I mean, like they, I don't think they were really grounded HR-wise. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think they were um, thoroughly grounded HR-wise. Yeah. I don't even know. Even with um, MTV. Yeah. I don't even, you know, even yeah. though it's huge. But, mm -hmm. you know, initially they weren't that, I don't think... Uh, I think it may be like... Well-organized. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that well, might have been the reason as to why. Whereas when you look at a lot of uh, Fortune 500 companies and mm -hmm. companies that I've worked for, you've been in that you know er area for years and years and years, right. and you knew exactly what you had to do to keep your people safe. Yeah. And it's not to say that they didn't believe that our safety was a priority. I think they just don't even think about it. And it's yeah. kind of the same thing of just like, if it's not your experience, you just don't even think about it. It yeah. doesn't even cross your mind because it's out of your scope. Right. Yeah. What about you guys and your work travel? I mean, you are now just getting to travel for work. You traveled some for work, too. Yeah. I mean, one, like, very blessed to be working at a company that takes traveling and, and dials it up a notch, like you're staying at the nicest places mm -hmm. and um, you're traveling really comfortably. And uh, not that my family wasn't super well off, but that just wasn't an option. We weren't staying at these five star hotels. So right. I love and look forward to traveling for work um, <laughs> and always try and find some way to add in some element of play, whether it's like taking myself out to a nicer dinner, like after work hours, um, being able to explore the city, uh, but I'm still in that new, like, wide-eyed, oh, my God, mm -hmm. I'm traveling for work, get really excited <laughs> um, type of phase where I haven't been, like, jaded and hate it like I know mm -hmm. some coworkers do, but I love it. I, I really do love it. I would that, you know, this idea of traveling in general and traveling for work is very foreign to my family, foreign mm -hmm. to my parents, and for me, it's always something I actually looked forward and into for a job. I never thought it would be on the, you know, luxury level of our company, but just the idea of being able to have a flight paid for by my job was just like, mm -hmm. so I'm still in the same realm of like, oh my God, I love it. Especially because they're staying in nicer places than I, I would never, if I do it myself, like right. I'm at an Airbnb, right. like right, right. I'm at, you know, a Holiday Inn Express, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, you know, living that bougie life where here we get to expense and, you know, all that yeah. stuff. So, and like one of the things that I wanted to talk about was, um, the ways that you can maximize now with your travel experience. I think that that's like the way that all the millennials are doing it nowadays. And I know I sent you guys that link because that's pretty much what it was all about. And the, what were the keywords? The buzzwords were like leisure. Yes. Leisure. Leisure travel has its own Wip Wikipedia page, <laughs> which means leisure. it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. um, and basically it is a combination of business and leisure if you haven't already figured that out. Um, and it's basically in corporate business travel, extending a business trip for personal purposes. It's also known as bizcation. Bizcation. Um, so about this, I've never really heard anyone. I've never actually known anyone to do this. I have. You have? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I, I look at my uh, philanthropy as business as well because I go to leadership conferences mm -hmm. and things like that. And one thing that um, I and one of my 
my sorority sisters, we were initiated together. Mm-hmm. And we're like thick as thieves. We would go to places just like, it could be Chicago, it could be uh, Canada, wherever we go. We learned to say, okay, you know what? We're going to stay an additional two to three days because when you go to these conferences, mm-hmm. you're so busy taking workshops and, mm-hmm. you know, doing galas and socializing that you don't get a chance to see the city. Yeah. So we decided we're taking additional days just to see the city right. ourselves. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it when you guys were young, but yeah. I could I do it now because it's just me. Yeah. yeah. But I make a point. It really stresses me out when you go on like a two-day trip to New York. New York's like one of my favorite cities ever, and there's so much extra stimulus and so much going on in the city mm-hmm. that when you're in a job at work from 9 to 6, or and I get anxious when I'm in another city, so I show up at like 8 o'clock and stay till 7, you know, just to make sure that you're there the whole time and doing the job that you need to do. And then I will refuse to take uh, the subway or the taxi so I can walk as much of the city and see as much of everything. Um, because we're also just like, I like it was a work travel and I loved going there, but I didn't get to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I know that there's a couple of people um, that I've talked to in our company and like other places, like my friends and stuff that are traveling for work a lot. And they are either not getting chosen for work travel at all yeah. or they're getting chosen for all the work travel Mm -hmm. where they're kind of being overworked or they're not being even possibly considered for it yeah i i think that you can set your expectations for things like uh work travel or you know even like the work that you get um for you know with your boss especially in certain places where there's like an open level of communication where you can kind of say like listen especially if you have kids or something like that like listen like you know i'd I like to if if I can keep my travel to a minimum of blah blah blah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that's a, uh, wrong, or do you think? What do you think, Mom? Well, I, I don't think it's wrong. No, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm an old G, so I look at things a little bit different. I'm say old <laughs> compared to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking as a younger me, mm-hmm. I would have never said anything. Yeah. I would have kept it quiet to myself. I would have spoke to others that mentored me. Mm-hmm. You know, and asked for their uh, um, advice. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a more mature woman, where whereas I, I grew into myself, and I know my rights, you know, yeah. I know yeah. I know your rights, you know mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're gonna have a fierce conversation. That's just mm-hmm. how it's gonna be. We're right. gonna talk about it, you know, and you're gonna, you know, we're gonna have a mediator if we have to. But because uh, you don't have to tolerate, you right. know, tolerate those things, and you yeah. don't have to sit back and just let them happen. Right. You know, but the old me, because I was in a world in which the world was different. We're able to be a lot more vocal. Exactly. And it's almost expected of us to, if something is going on, um, that you feel like you're being disserviced or disadvantaged, then you speak up. And it's a lot of times, at least in our workplace, it's admired and it's encouraged. Um, I think for your question, Sarita, about like raising your hand if too much is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have fostered that relationship with like your mentor or your boss, um, which I feel very fortunate to have had, yeah. like a lot of times I'm actually sitting in the position and asking them for more opportunities to travel. Yeah. Just because like we're young in our career, we don't have a family back at home. This is kind of the perfect time in our life to be able mm-hmm. to see as much as we possibly exactly. can. If you do associate travel as like an added bonus to your job or mm-hmm. it expanding your job or making your job um, like you're taking strides in the workplace. That's I do view travel that way. Yeah. Um, but to going back, speaking to the way in which we do travel at our company specifically, the place in which my age and my color, I've felt it the most is 
like I've, I'm the youngest person at the hotel mm-hmm. checking in. And yeah. I almost wonder if the person on the other side is like, what capacity are they, they coming to our mm-hmm. hotel at? Like yeah. it, it's the outsider effect mm-hmm. and you feel like you don't belong because you're hotels. young. Yeah, you're young mm-hmm. and you're a person of color and you otherwise, they probably don't see that demographic walking through their reception area even. Mm-hmm. Unless you're famous. Um, unless you're famous, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, true. And mm-hmm. so I'm always like, ah, I feel like I have to act just different than I normally would have if mm-hmm. I were checking into any old spot yeah well i really i'm actually very curious to know what our listeners have to say about this topic and and like what their different um experiences are with business travel and like whether it's not whether or not it's like i've mastered it Mm -hmm. if you have mastered it please let us know write us you can email us at hello at onshegoes.com you can dm us and on she goes and farron will 100 percent respond to you (laughs) yes i will you can actually write dear farron (laughs) um (laughs) how you spell that no. <laughs> F-A-R-I-N. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but I'd like to know, like, if someone's mastered it, gotten it down to a science, got the perf- perfect credit cards to maximize the travel and knows how to extend for a few days and knows which, what are the best c- cities to do business travel or, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, definitely let us know. And also let us know your stories if you want advice or something. You know, we're going to be talking to the Job Logs girls next. I'm going to chat with Courtney and Joy Marie, and then we're going to chat with Gabby Sidibe. Exciting. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. That's it. Bye. Bye. All right, we have the esteemed pleasure of talking to Joy Marie Parker and Courtney Cleveland of Job Logs today. Hi, ladies. Hey. How's it going? (laughs) Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Um, So these two ladies are childhood besties, uh, and they have candid career conversations on their podcast, Job Logs, that you guys should all check out, and that we'll also link to in the write-up for our podcast episode. And um, this episode specifically is all about work travel. So everyone has varying levels of experience when it comes to work travel. Um, For you ladies, I would really like to know, like, what are your personal relationships with work travel? Like, do you do it often? Is it glamorous for you guys? And, you know, what was your first work travel experience like? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, I am very much um, local when it comes to work travel, so I'm very much kind of tri-state area, taking the train, Um, so it's very light. I would say my first work travel experience is actually pretty funny. It's not really, Mm -hmm. it wasn't work, but it was my first professional gig, and they sent us up there on a Greyhound bus (laughs) (laughs) from D.C. to Philly, scarred for life. (laughs) I can imagine. So things are a little better since then. Yeah. I've taken that Greyhound from D.C. to Philly many times. I went to college in D.C., so I know, and I'm from Philly, so I know firsthand what that that experience is like. You know. What about G? Joy's recently leveled up her traveling. She's never here. Yeah, I am. I would say in the last five years, I started traveling for work in my roles um, because they were sort of event specific roles and we would activate um, across the U.S. mainly. And then most recently in in my latest job, um, I've gotten to travel internationally just a little bit. Um, Oh, cool. I just I feel like it may not 
be a greyhound but i the one thing i always tell people is like travel just travel for work isn't as glamorous as i think people make it out to be because you're dealing with like multiple time zones sometimes Mm -hmm. and still getting your work done and being tired and being an economy with other people who are coughing and i know this sounds like first world problems right now i hear it (laughs) as it's coming out but it's a lot Mm -hmm. and it's like and if you have a family or just obligations or personal things you're trying to get done. Like I have suitcases on my floor in my bedroom that I haven't unpacked from three weeks yeah. ago. Cause just like, I wow. haven't been home to do it. So I, feel you. Um, I think there's a, you know, it, it's, it's great exposure, but there's definitely like a lot. And I, I, definitely don't find it to be glamorous really well i found secondhand my fiance travels a ton for work and Mm -hmm. watching him now i know the game like he is like gamified work travel to the point that (laughs) i'm worried about (laughs) he has like his loyalty points so he taught me that like stay loyal to a hotel stay loyal Mm. to an airline so that you can get the perks now he has so many points he pays the same as his co-workers when they book a flight but he's like breezing by to first class Because he, nice. he has so many reward points. He stays focused. Right, so make it work for you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, do you guys feel like there's, like, a disparity at all or, like, a learning curve when it comes to work travel for people of color? And, like, just to kind of give you some background, my thought process behind this was, you know, growing up, you know, my mom traveled for work, but, like, my grandparents and majority of my family members don't. They had jobs that you could bring back to your community. So it's, like, whether you're a teacher or, um, you know, my grandmother was a hairstylist and, like, my grandfather was a bus driver. Like, we didn't really have opportunities to have jobs where work travel was an option. You know, it's interesting that you bring up upbringing because I I grew up in a home where we moved a lot. So we traveled Mm -hmm. a lot in general as a result of my dad's profession. He's in the UN. And so similar to like army kids, we had to move around every three or four years. And then he would also within those assignments have like field assignments and be traveling constantly to go to like refugee camps. So Mm -hmm. I never thought about it before, but I guess like... Uh, that normalized travel to me, not so much Mm. as a luxury, but kind of as like, you know, when you grow up, you're like, this is how everyone lives. Um, And so maybe in some ways, like as I've gotten older, that's sort of been my bar. So I would say like in humanitarian fields and fields like that, where, um, you know, if you can get in the door, you're traveling by nature. I don't know that I've observed if I felt like there's a disparity with people of color in particular, I think it's probably consistent with our percentages getting into Mm -hmm. these different industries and spaces in general. But I will say I have observed sort of a mentality Mm. difference where like, I think sometimes with people of color, when I remember when I first started traveling, it was like, oh, it's a privilege, right? Because at the entry level, you kind of have to work your way up if it's not sort of um, natural to your role. But now I'm like, no, I'm doing you a favor. (laughs) You want me to go out so you could stay in the office and handle some business on the West Coast. Like, I'm working. Like, I'm not, you're not doing me a favor. I'm doing you a favor. And actually, my life is being inconvenienced. So even though it's awesome and it's just like part of the job, I don't treat it as this like luxury where like I'm too scared to like order the nice meal or stay in the nice room. No, I should be like fully comfortable (laughs) while working business for. Now nobody's greyhound. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, would you be bold enough or brave enough to ask for, like, the better accommodations if you didn't feel like you were getting it? 
I am Do you now. think that you would ever? Yeah. Oh, I've done yes. it. This is a conversation in our group chat. But like, yes, ask for the, I mean, as long as you're not like being exorbitant, like first class or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, and right. especially it's important to talk to your coworkers to find out what the norm is. The norm is. is. Yeah. The culture That's really is. important. But yeah, for people of color, like don't treat it like, um, you know, it's just a reward and a favor for mm-hmm. you and you're not allowed to kind of demand what you need to be comfortable in the, the role like you would for anything else. Yeah. And right. I would say, too, a lot of things, a lot of like issues I hear with people traveling for work is also the social aspect. Mm. So a lot mm-hmm. of times because, you know, being a person of color, sometimes you're the only in the office. So right. that social dynamic kind of shifts when you travel for work and understanding, like, what are the boundaries? Like some people don't feel comfortable, like being out all night with their coworkers. Mm. And it's kind of finding that balance between what makes you feel comfortable, but also giving yourself the opportunity to experience co-workers in a different way so that's a really interesting space to navigate as well that's true too that's I feel like the times that I've traveled with people it's made me closer to them and I feel like I have a bond with them now like the people that I work with I'm like if we've been on a production together and it's been strenuous and we both know the struggle or you know whatever it was like we have a forever linked bond Mm -hmm. you know because I never even really thought about the opportunity to get closer to people or anything like that I always looked at it it's like it's not an inconvenience to me it's more of a to me honestly work travel is a, such a large opportunity sometimes I'm inconvenienced by it because I really like to stay home <laughs> but, <laughs> same Seth, same yeah I like to be at my house a lot but it is such a cool opportunity to get out and it's an opportunity to prove yourself as mm-hmm. well especially if you're like in a junior role and you're looking to move up um, one of the things that we talked about earlier is like telling ways to tell your superiors if you think you're being sent out to travel too much. Is there a good way? And since you guys discuss career paths and things like that and have conversations about this, is there a good way to let your boss know like, hey, I think I'm being sent out way too much. Maybe we can split this up or what do you guys recommend? Yeah, you know, that's like a tricky thing because um You want to be careful what you start to say no to in your Mm -hmm. career because it's like you say it the one time and then all of a sudden you never get put up for those opportunities. So I think being really honest with yourself about like, is it just that you don't like how much you're traveling or is it that really like it's starting to impede on your well-being or your health or um, your ability to take care of your family or things at home? Um, Mm -hmm. I think that if, you know, It might sound weird, but I think that if you're sort of young and able and it's sort of a finite period, maybe you're a consultant or maybe it's just this role, this job, take it on because it's like it's one of those periods that even when I look at older uh, mentors and people in professional spaces who used to travel like a lot in their 20s or before they had a family, they're like, yeah, that was a crazy time, but it opened them up to your point to so many experiences. So I would Mm -hmm. say just be like cautious and really think through the whys. Mm -hmm. But if you do kind of get to that point and assess that this is too much travel, one thing that I've done with my team is just sort of lay out like visually on the calendar, like sis literally these are all the Look days my that I'm on the road <laughs> yeah, um, for the back half of the year. And like, I'm just sharing this to make you aware of it. Mm-hmm. But also this has implications because who's going to kind of hold it down in yeah. the office while I'm out. And, um, you know, like I'm going to be in different time zones. I'm going to not be able to kind of move certain things. 
can you help me prioritize based on everything else that you know we have coming up. So kind of positioning it as a business conversation. Yeah. And to right. be solutions oriented. So not just coming to your boss with a problem to dump on them, but saying like, hey, if I'm traveling too much, like here's a plan for how we can remedy that. Or maybe yeah. there's, I know other team members are really interested in these opportunities too. Yeah. Or if there's a technological mm-hmm. solution that's saving money. Okay. Okay. A boss loves, <laughs> loves yeah. to see that you're kind of thinking about solutions. So you're not just kind of making it about like poor me. Right. Right, right. my personal life. Yeah, Yeah, that's I would never do that because I think that'll just get you closed off from future opportunities. Yeah. And even if you have the opposite problem, I mean, what do you guys uh, suggest for that? Like how to bring it to the attention of like if other people are getting these opportunities to get sent out and travel and do things and you really want to. Yeah, I kind of think it's the same thing from a business angle. So, I mean, I think some some travel sort of heavy roles that I'm aware of are like in production, if it's a specialty skill or training, sales, events, um, if you're like in operations or um, specializing kind of like you're on a centralized team that oversees like other offices those tend to be the roles that get to travel a lot right but um, mm-hmm. if you're in a role that doesn't and want that opportunity make a business case if there's like a conference and you want to go out put together a case about what your role is going to be when you go what learnings you're going to bring back to the team how it's going to develop you personally and professionally um, you know what efficiencies you can create um, I've had teammates and team members who have put in pitches to shadow or step in on another global project that wasn't their region um, just to mm-hmm. get exposure to that market. Again, like make it more about the business yeah. and your learnings and like how you're going to bring them all home. That's super smart. Um, well, thank you guys so much. It was really awesome talking to you guys. Um, everyone, you can catch Job Logs on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. So definitely follow them and check them out, and you will see the link in our podcast bio. And uh, thank you, Joy Marie. Thank you, Courtney. I really appreciate it for you guys taking the time and giving us these tips. And we'll reiterate some of the tips in the bio as well. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Happy travels. Add us, let us know where you go. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 Hi, guys. I'm here with Academy Award-nominated actress, director, and author, Gabourey Sidibe. She's also my friend who's very sweet and loyal and <laughs> awesome and awesome for doing this early in the morning <laughs> out of her busy schedule. <laughs> for How you, are I need you? to re-ring. I'm good. Oh. I'm glad I could finally do this. I know you asked me to do this a long time ago, but it was literally in my busiest week when my book was coming out. And then I forget... <laughs> I love that I was like, hey, I know you have a book coming out and everything, but can you just like take some time to, uh, can you pop into the bathroom for 15 minutes and talk to me about my podcast? I literally didn't have it though. Like coming out with a book is nuts. Like it was like three weeks of literally busy, 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 like waking up at four or five in the morning every day, not getting to sleep till 11 p.m. Like it was nuts. No, I can imagine. And that's the thing. I feel like the craziest part of all of the things that you do is the fact that your schedule is like always like super tight, super packed. Like it's like, oh, can't do this. Got to do that. Got to be up at this time. That every, like, do you keep a calendar? Or you just keep uh, Jill and. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
dumb do I keep a calendar? You know what's dumb? I don't keep an actual calendar, but like I have a numerologist that I love who like tells me what my month to month is going to be. And I had my assistant plug that into a calendar. <laughs> like I don't know. Like places have to be. Somebody will literally somebody will remind me. Like my manager Jill will tell me where I have to be. Like there's I'm on two different shows right now, filming literally two different I'm filming American Horror Story and Empire. Woo! Yesterday I came in last I got in last night from Empire. Um I'm being picked up to do American Horror Story in an hour and a half and like honestly there's it's other people's job to remind me where I'm supposed to be. I mean that's real talk. That's true. Listen, it's the same thing when I was an assistant for my boss here, it was the same thing. It was like, "Oh, you need to I have to tell him where because he, he doesn't know. Yeah, He's I don't busy. know. I'm doing like, the thing I, I need to do. Like I'm just doing the thing. Like and like even when like w- once I came here, I've been here. I think in the last like month, I've been back three times to do an American Horror Story. And like one time we had five scenes to do. We only got three done, and I was like, "All right, well, you know, I have to go and do another job now. So bye." I was like, it's, it's, "It's not my job to make sure I do everything. I'm I'm gonna stand where you tell me to stand. I'm gonna say the lines you tell me to say." <laughs> But, like, all this scheduling, nah. Right. I don't do that. I don't, I don't do, do that. that. So, are, you're in L.A. now. Are you at your house? I am at my house for once. I'm happy that you're able to be at your house, and that's kind of one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Because you're always gone, and, I mean, you bought this lovely house, but I feel like you don't have an opportunity to actually live in it. And, like, when you're away, like, do you stay in hotels? And, like, what is work travel like for you? Okay. So, yeah, I bought a house. <laughs> And uh, what's where? Okay, so for the for the bulk of the year, for nine months out of the year, I'm shooting Empire in Chicago. So I have an apartment in Chicago. Um, I've actually had I think three different apartments in Chicago, because <laughs> <laughs> like, I like to move. But yeah, I bought my house two years ago. I moved in on June first and had to be in Chicago for the beginning of the season on June sixth. So I really only had five days here. Um, and because like nine months is a lot of time. So when I'm back and forth between LA, I do get to stay in the house. It's just like not too often, but it's, it's kind of weird to have two different places where I live. Like sometimes I bring the wrong set of keys or like, oh, it's so stupid where I have to like have my assistant come and bring me or like get me in or whatever. Or like, you know, Kia, Kia, some of my friend Kia, <laughs> producing partner, so a lot of times she she was just here for like four months or something. And so she came and I had to go to Chicago and she just stayed in my house for two months by herself, oh. which was great because like, you know, what's weird. Like when I lived in New York, I didn't like people looking or talking to me. Like, right, like yeah. I'm here in New York. Like, don't say hi to me in the elevator. Who you talking to? Like, you know, like I'm not a, not like a, I'm not like a neighborly person except for right. I want people in my business. But now that I have a house, I want people here all the time. I'm just like, I was like, I'm like, no, no, you can stay in my house. Like, don't go to the Four Seasons. Just stay in my house. I'm not going to be there. There's tea. There's a guest room. The shower's lovely. There's a nice pool. Stay in my, always. I've had Daniel Brooks stay here. I've had apparently uh, they stay here. Like, I'm just like, stay in my house when I'm not here because I'm scared of it being empty. It's just wasting space. 
You have like a Hollywood Airbnb in a way. Yeah, basically, and I just don't charge anybody. <laughs> I'm just like, just take out the garbage when you're done. And that's right. Everything. The payment is love. There yes, exactly. So like, yeah, if I go to other, if I have to go any other place where I'm not like, you know, living there, then yeah, I stay in hotels. I have to stay in a hotel in New York now, which is oh. weird. Because yeah. I'm, like, from there, and I don't know what a good hotel in New York is because it's never going to be my apartment. Like, it's never going to be good enough for me. How does it, how do you keep your self-care or, like, your sanity when you're constantly going? So, uh, self-care. Um, it certainly is easier when I'm in Chicago or L.A. Because, like, like I was here two weeks ago at my house in L.A. two weeks ago for the weekend and I just spent all of Sunday in my pool because like that's dope <laughs> like that's the dream like you know what I mean yeah I just like stayed in the pool all day long and in Chicago I like you know I like kind of live in a fancy building where I can also sit in the pool all day or there's like a like weird fancy like fitness club I guess that I only go to because somebody told me that Oprah used to go there and I was like that's the place for me and and it's like you know there's like a spa there and stuff and like it's a whole thing and so I and it's really because like airports are so gross and airplanes are so gross. And I swear to God, like, I get, like, a, a, you know, three inches of airplane layer of filth on me um, every time I'm on a plane. And so I like to, you know, sit and get my nails done. I like to sit and get a facial or something. Even if I'm doing the facial for myself, like, you know, just, like, wiping everything off sort of makes me feel better but if I'm going to some place where like let's say I'm going to London or something there's my favorite hotel in London is um I forget what it's called but I'm always there and they've got a really really great spa and I just go down there because usually somebody else is paying for me to stay at London in London so somebody else is paying for like the room and stuff and I can put whatever I want on the room and sometimes whatever I want is a Swedish massage (laughs) I feel you. I feel you on that. Perks of the game, honestly. No, for real. And and that's important because, I mean, I think the thing that people don't understand, especially about entertainers, is that since you guys, you guys have such a rigorous schedule that it's like people are like, oh, they get to do this and they get to do that. Oh, they're going to be fine. It's like, yeah, but it's tiring. And then you don't get to see family. You don't get to see, you know, the people that you get to, you would like to see all the time. And like, I mean, God, I haven't been actually in your face in so long. Which is since I came to L.A. Yeah, you came to my house that one time and I think I just bought it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I haven't seen you in person in a long time. And it just, it's that that part is really weird. Like, it's really hard to have a relationship. Um, But also, it's really hard to... Like, when's the last time you saw your mom in person? Well, she's here right now, so she's at my house. (laughs) <laughs> so that this is, morning. Okay. So my my pa- my dad lives in Brooklyn. My mom lives in Manhattan. And I tried to get my mom. I've been like, yo, why don't you come to New Orleans when I lived there for seven months doing American Horror Story? Or like when I, she's never come to visit me in Chicago and I've been there for five seasons now. So I only see her when I'm in New York, which is not mm-hmm. often. And every time I see my mom, she is older and older and older than I remember her to be and Mm -hmm. that is really really it's always like a shock you know because I can Mm -hmm. go five months without seeing her in person I talk to her on the phone but like it's just like oof 
And, and in a way, I'm like, if I were here all the time, would I notice the change? Would I notice how old she's getting? You know? Yeah. That's, I feel the same way about my Nana. I, whenever I go, I don't see my Nana unless I go to Philly. And so I go to Philly, I try to go once a year, but it feels like every time it's just like, God, like, is she, it's like she just looks different now. It's like I can see where she's getting older or, like, I can see where her mind is getting slower or things like that. And I'm like, ah, I hate this. Yeah, I hate exactly. it. exactly. That's what's happening. Like, my mom is... Um... My mom, like, got really sick, and, like, it was weird, and she thought that she had dementia for a little bit, and it was like, we all did. We all did. And so I had to send her to a neurosurgeon who doesn't take any insurance, and so I would not be able to afford for her mm-hmm. to see this doctor if I didn't do the work that I do. And it turns out that, like, she had, like, seven strokes that nobody knew about. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, which is honestly, so, like, these, she's got holes in her brain that make it look like she's got dementia, but she doesn't really have it and honestly that's like a better diagnosis than actual dementia but and I feel so horrible and so guilty for not being there but thank god you know my my brother is with her but I know that if I were anything less than what I'm doing now then I would not be able to afford to to get her the help that she needs or even figure out what it is that she has you know yeah totally thank god for those blessings that's like that's amazing. And so I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about the baby. A-Aaron. A- is it A-Aaron? It's Aaron, a- but also A-Aaron, a- yes. He's named after Aaron Burr, who shot Hamilton. Yes. Mm-hmm. His name's Aaron and- Purr. <laughs> Aaron Purr? Yeah. <laughs> so you, do you take him everywhere with you? I don't. It looks like I do. It really does I look do. like you do. It looks like I do. I, so if I'm, the thing is, A.A. Ron does not travel well, okay? I mean, he he's a like cat. It. He's a cat. He don't like that. He's on drugs when he travels. Um, he takes, uh, he takes Valium? No, he takes Xanax. He takes Kitty Xanax. Here's a secret. Kitty Xanax is also people Xanax. <laughs> Just so you know. So, so he takes a little Xanax and sometimes he falls it. asleep, but he's mostly screaming, like yelling. The thing is, like, he's real talkative anyway. He's talkative yeah. anyway. Like, he just like, if I were sitting in my living room with a bunch of girls, he would sit in between us. He'd sit at my feet talking with us. Like, he's kind of a weirdo like that. So yeah. I love it. But And I always say, but he's always screaming. Sometimes, sometimes I've gotten him a seat next to me so I don't have to hold him the whole time. Because he's getting big. He's like 11 pounds now. Um, he's a man-coon, right? Yeah, he's a man-coon. And he's going to be smaller than the average man-coon because he's a mix. But he's still big. And people are like, you need to get him a friend. It's like, I'm not sitting in first class with two cats on my lap. That's weird. (laughs) It's weird. Gabby, if I see a photo of you sitting in first class with two cats on your lap, we're going to have to talk. We're going to have to have a sister circle. I know. I know. It's so weird. It's so weird. But like, so, and he's like screams for a lot of the flight. And I like to joke that he's just screaming that 9-11 was an inside job. (laughs) <laughs> but they don't, like, they don't like when they make that they don't like when I make that joke on the plane they don't like it <laughs> he's a lot but when I have to leave him like right now so right now he got a weird like eye infection okay um, truth be told my baby has herpes okay he didn't get it 
and he didn't get it like by you know being a hoe that's not how he got it his mama passed it to him my baby is a virgin as far as i know now when cats have herpes that makes like their eye water and so he takes herpes medication every day but when he gets a little stressed out his eye like gets bad so he has a little bit of an eye infection i like noticed it sunday night i rushed him to the i like canceled every i had all of these spa appointments canceled everything monday morning everything i took him to the vet and now um he has to get like an ointment on his eyeball which is crazy, but like, (laughs) just crazy. And I was like, shit, I know I have to leave in four days and I'm going to be gone for a week. So I had to have my, my assistant, I have two assistants kind of. So Mm -hmm. one sort of closer to Chicago and one in LA for my house stuff. And I had her come stay in my apartment so that she can put his ointment on his eyeball every day while I'm gone. And he likes her. He needs it. He needs it. He He needs needs it. it. And the thing is, like, I put off having a cat for so long. For 10 years, I was like, oh, I can't get it now. I'm going to finish this and then get the cat. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's never going to be the right time to have a cat the way it's never going to be the right time to have a baby, I guess. And so I'll get them and just work around it and figure it out. And I have. Well, next time we're in the same place at the same time, I really hope to see him. I hope so, I do. Too. I really do. Kia I'll be loves in LA him and Kia hates animals. <laughs> Well, I, I know, and I'm allergic to cats, but I have a thing where I just. <laughs> <laughs> I am. He's hypoallergenic. Gabby. <laughs> I don't sneeze around him. He good. Okay. Well, we'll see. I'll be the real test because my eyes swell up everything. Well, I wanted to talk about one more thing before I let you go. Um, I remember a long time ago, this was like one of your first trips when you were uh, traveling and you were on a plane and a guy died. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Did a guy die? I think you're oh, like, no. oh my it was God. a lady who had a di- went into a diabetic coma and I don't, and I just assume she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the text messages. We were in a group text oh, God, and you I were like, you guys, oh my God, this plane just had to emergency land or something because somebody yeah. died. In like Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> like, we were, it was a flight from New York to LA. And all of a sudden, like the lady on the loudspeaker is like, is there a doctor around? And I'm just like, uh, what's happening? And, and she's like, somebody is having a diabetic coma. There's, and like, I'm, there were no doctors. These like two white people went back there and were like, what can we do? And the, the, the flight attendant was like, are you doctors? And they're like, no. And I was like, look at white people being nosy. We're just qualified white people. <laughs> just like, qualified for nothing. They were like tennis instructors. And it was like, white people only mind they business when another black teen is like killed by police that's the only time they mind their business <laughs> but i remember like and it was a black woman who like they they she like i think the flight attendant was like kind of looking at her right when she passed out because she was like maybe a little woozy and then she just like she said the way her head fell she knew there was a diabetic coma and so they were like trying to like put sugar packets in her mouth like uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. Nobody was a doctor here. Trying to put sugar packets in her mouth and, like, trying to give her oranges and they couldn't revive her. So we, like, nosedived into, like, Kentucky. 
Like, I swear, I've never, like, you know how it takes, like, 20 minutes to half an hour for a plane to, like, land? Nah, we was on the ground in, like, a smooth six minutes or something. We were just, like, went, bloop. And, and then, um, and then I remember, like, there was an ambulance to meet her, but we still were on the runway not doing anything for, like, 20 minutes, and then eventually, like, carried her out past us, and I was like, Ew. like, he was just like, and I was like, I, I think, I, I hope that she's alive, I, th- I bet she's alive. There's no way. I don't think there was enough time for her to die. But I'm just like, wow, that poor woman who thought I'm going to go to L.A. And then all of us, she's going to wake up in Kentucky. Like, that's the most inconvenient place to wake up <laughs> when you're trying to go to L.A. I'd well, be pissed. Also, also, you that means she has to get back on a plane. Exactly. To go to L.A. and be <laughs> real scared. Yeah. Oh, my God. Gabby, you are crazy. I love you so much. I love you, Thank Riri. You. Thank you so much for joining us with me. Um, I want to I wanna promote everything that you're doing. So what's the next What's the next thing coming up? What's the next season? Empire's on now, right? Or is it just Empire ending? is starting mid-September. It's okay. about three weeks. Uh, September 20-something. I should know. I don't. We'll, we'll find out and we'll, yeah, we'll find it out. to the podcast link. Yeah. <laughs> American Horror Story starts and I think the fans are crazy about it. Like, they're going ham. So, I think they've been saying two weeks from now. Two Yay. weeks or three weeks. Again, I really just, like, I do what people tell me to do. Like, I don't be knowing extra information. Um, oh, also, I have a book that I wrote uh, called This Is Just My Face. Try Not To Stare. Yes. And I directed a film, a short she film. Did. That's called Tale of Four. And, you know, I'm uh, going to direct an episode of empire this season so yes (laughs) that's gonna be really incredible i'm very very excited about it um very i'm very excited about it's gonna be really really dope and uh you know my cast is really dope and the music's really dope and the crew is phenomenal so it's probably gonna be the easiest thing i've ever done i'm gonna cry because i'm very proud of you I love you so much. I love you. Enjoy your time on set today. No, I will. (laughs) Give Aaron Purr a kiss. I will. Love you. Bye. Bye.